then you have no right to claim ownership over it. It applies to everything about the Christian life. If you say you have faith, and that your faith, you have not been able to trans, you know, translate that faith into the soul of another person. No matter how religious you are, your faith is questionable. If you say you have received the word of God, and the word of God has blessed your life, has brought transformation to your soul, you must be able to share that same word of God to the point where you see it at work in the life of another soul. Then you can now say, wow, I have truly received the word of God. That's why if you look across the scriptures, all the servants of God, men and women, every not ever ended with them. They transferred to the other. We must rediscover this mentality. Because gradually, we've allowed a wave of individualism that is actually the, the hallmark of the satanic kingdom to so invade our Christian culture and is extricating from us vital structures that truly defines our identity. What is our zeal like in sharing the faith? Because if you cannot share your faith, you can't even share material things. You can't be a blessing to anybody. And that's what John addressed in the first reading. John addresses in the first reading when he was talking about love. He said, we know what we heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. It's a principle. It's not, it doesn't honor your feeling. It's a law. Jesus said, I give you a new commandment. I give you a new law. You must love one another. You must abide to it. Because it doesn't honor your feelings. It doesn't honor your perspective. It doesn't honor your biases. Okay? He says, don't be like Cain, who was of the evil one, and murdered his brother. Because his own deeds were evil. He murdered his brother because his own deeds were evil. There are a few points in that first thing that touched me so much and I want to share with you. He says, we know that we have passed out of death into life. How do you know you have received the life of God that makes you to pass from the realms of death? Where death rules and reigns? Where there's corruption? Where there's negativity? How do you know that you have truly received salvation? He said, you know that you are passed from death into life because of the quality of your love for the brethren. The love you have for your fellow Christian. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's the hallmark. The love you have for your fellow Christian, the way you regard your fellow Christian, the way you honor your fellow Christian, the way you respect your fellow Christian, not the way he respects you, not the way he attends to you, but the way you attend to him or her. That's how you know you have passed from death to life. It's not because you receive communion. It's not because you complete your devotions. The litmus test that this person works in light is to see how the person manages to transmit love. The way he's able to accommodate the way he has consent for his fellow Christian. 
That's what John is trying to emphasize here. And it is very crucial. He wrote this to a Christian community that was, you know, bastardized by all forms of division, all forms of intolerance in their own time. Because the devil will always come to contest the grace of God in the heart of Christians. He knows how to do about, go about it. And one of the ways he, bring, he does that is to come and bring division and all forms of rancor and all forms of pain and misunderstanding. At a point, Paul too had to even address it. He said, why do you talk about this, I belong to Paul, I belong to Apollos. Why do you bring that kind of mentality? Don't you know it's inspired by the, by the devil? He continues and says, he who does not love remains in death. Is your Bible. Look at it very, very well. He who does not love remains. That means even though he goes to church, he is still remaining in death. Very heavy. A few times in the past, when I reflected on this, I didn't negotiate to have my own pan of flesh. I didn't negotiate to have my own way. It was very firm. It was very firm. It hit me so bad that I had to make a resolution in my heart. Dear child of God, if you are waiting for a serene environment where things will be cozy for you, where everything will work smoothly for you, you are in a fool's paradise. You will live in a world of violence. You will live in a world where there's negative energies. <coughs> Offenses must come. The devil will use the people, you, your, even your own people, your own friends, your own brothers and sisters, even sometimes your children, your parents, to hurt you bad. The problem is whether you are hurt. That's not the problem. The problem is how do you dispose yourself to deal with the hurt? That's where your Christian faith is tested. And more than ever, this is growing every day. The love of God is dying out in the hearts of Christians. The Bible said that in the last days, the love of God will grow cold. And when the love of God grows cold, the love for one another disappears. No wonder the Bible, you know, writes and said, guard your heart. If you don't guard your heart, you'll be polluted. The devil will mess you up big time. You keep allowing the culture of this world to rule in your heart. That is not, it's not supposed to be that way. We must open ourselves up and retain our identity. Jesus said this, how they will know that they are God's children. How? That you love one another. Us, we will remain in death even though everything about us shows Christianity. But the principle of life that governs us is not there. That's why Paul was writing to Titus. He cautioned him and said, be careful of those who show outward form of religion, but deny the power thereof. They're not living by the power of their faith. And then lastly, he says, anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. You have not killed yet. You have not used an instrument on that person. But as far as God is concerned, the fact that your heart Hold some level of grudge, some hold some level of hate, some level of intolerance, and you know how like how they put it again. There's another word that describes it. You detest not just anybody in the world, but your fellow Christian. 
as far as God is concerned, as he sees you from heaven, he sees you as a murderer. Because by virtue of your intention, you can do a lot. People say, we don't know what is in your heart until you show it. If Jesus will say that looking at a woman lustfully in your heart has made you commit the sin, how much more when you hate somebody in your heart? You know that when you hate somebody in your heart, you wish the person all kinds of bad things. Sometimes you even celebrate the person's, you know, Miss Dimiano. When the person has an issue, you say, yes. Mm -hmm. My language will say, Iba. Yes, let him learn his lesson. It's a small expression, but quite deep in the heart. And when that is deep-rooted inside of you, the Bible says bitterness is as a spirit of witchcraft. That means the person is already a victim of the spirit of witchcraft. Depth of God. For you to live in love, you have to seek the face of God radically. On your own, you cannot love. You must always go to God to fill your heart with love. So that you can sustain that peace that Christ gives. It's not something that comes easy. You must work for it. You must work for it. Every day, we are you know, vulnerable to all kinds of things that brings those things, that cause those pains. If you don't watch your heart, you'll be a carrier of so many things. And the Lord doesn't want us to carry those burdens. He wants us to take care. You know what I say? Take heed that you're not deceived. And so at this Mass, I was going to ask the Lord, to help us with the grace to really respond effectively and live the spirit of true love. And not just love in the heart, but love that has capacity to affect our fellow brothers and sisters. By the grace of God, this year, we'll begin to network and see how we can be of help to one another in one way or the other. We are all like, as the Bible says, iron, sharpening iron. We need to support each other. We need to understand that we are all God has brought us together for a reason, irrespective of our differences, irrespective of our understandings of life. But we are one body in Christ. May God bless us in our hearts through Christ our Lord. Amen.